Let's pray before we begin. Lord please let us understand your word and put it in our hearts. May it shape our lives to be more like your Son. In Jesus' name we ask, Amen. There are ten recorded observances of the Passover in the Bible. The Passover feast is, of all the feast of Israel, the Passover feast is the only feast that was observed in the evening time. The first Passover was called a night much to be remembered. Now, if it was called such a night, should not then we remember that night? A night much to be remembered. May I tell you what happened <clears throat> on the first Passover night? The Jews were in bondage in Egypt. They had been there for many years. According to God's timetable, there was going to come a time when God would raise up a deliverer, Moses. And that deliverer would lead the people out of bondage and into freedom. God's train came into the depot. God's alarm was set off. It now is time for deliverance. Moses had been to Pharaoh and several times had said, Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh had refused to grant permission to God's people to leave the land of Egypt. You recall the plagues that God sent on the land in an effort to persuade Pharaoh to let his people go, let God's people go. There were the frogs, the plague of the frogs, the plague of darkness, the plague of lice, the plague of fire and blood. There were other, the plague of hail. There were other plagues that God sent. The last and most awful of the plagues was known as the Passover. God said to Moses, I want you to call the people together and I want you to tell each house to choose a lamb. Now if the house is too poor, I want that house to go in with the house next door and choose a lamb. Now he said, I want that lamb to be a lamb that meets these qualifications. In the first place, it must be a male. In the second place, it must be without blemish. A lamb without blemish. Now he said on the first month of the year, the tenth of the month, that would correspond with our April 10, almost exactly, but not exactly, but as near as possible, our April 10. Now on the first day of the month, on the tenth day of the month, I want you to go out in, from the flocks and want you to choose this lamb. A male without blemish. I want you to take that lamb and keep it up for four days. On the eleventh, the twelfth, the thirteenth, and then on the fourteenth, I want you to kill it. I want that lamb to be slain. And I want the blood of that lamb taken. And I want you to take the blood of the lamb and I want you to, on the lintel of the house and the doorpost of the house, I want you to sprinkle that blood. Now I want you to notice something. The blood was not sprinkled on the threshold. It was sprinkled on the lintel, on the top, and on the doorpost, on the side, but not on the threshold. Why? God never wants any 
body to trample on the blood. Never. Never. God did not make it so the blood could be trampled upon. He said, now, what's going to happen is this. During the night, and this is one of the most tragic stories in all the Bible. During the night, said God, I'm going to send the death angel. And that death angel is going to pass down every street in Egypt. To every farmhouse in Egypt. To every dwelling in Egypt. To every apartment building in Egypt. To every little thatched hut in Egypt. And my death angel is going to look at every house on the doorpost, and the lintel, the entrance to every house in Egypt. Now, if that blood of the male lamb without blemish is sprinkled on the lintel and the doorpost of the house, the death angel will pass over and do no harm. That's where you get the term pass over night. But he said, if there's a house where they have refused to take the lamb, male, without blemish, and they have refused to sprinkle the blood on the lintel and the doorpost, the death angel is going to come inside that house and kill, yes, I said kill, yes, I said kill, the firstborn in the, in the family. Now imagine how carefully Moses must have spoken to the Israelites. Don't you stop to realize the importance of that message? I can picture Moses tonight as he calls a meeting of all of God's people. And as he begins to speak to them. Or maybe he has meetings all over the country. A group here and a group there. I'm not sure how the, the message was conveyed from Moses to the people. But can you imagine how Moses must, must have talked? Listen, I think it's about like this. I think Moses said, now, people, listen to me. I have received a message from God. Now, that in itself, brother, ought to cause folks to listen. I have received a message from God. Now, he said, listen carefully. How many of you have children? Raise your hand. They raised their hands. Now, he said, God is going to send the death angel up and down the entire land of Egypt. He is going to take the life of every firstborn in every home from every family unless you do the following things. Brother, if I'd been in that crowd, I'd have gotten my notepad and my fountain pen and started to write. Because I would want to know the exact instructions of the way so Becky would not be killed. I would have said, Moses, if you ever gave detailed instruction, if you ever were articulate, you be that way tonight. And Moses would have given instruction. Well, I'm, I'm sure Moses said something about this, and I don't think Moses had to stop and say, would you be quiet back in the back? Why? He had a message from the Lord that was life or death. So do I. So do I. So Moses said to the people, now listen carefully. 
on the tenth day of the month, the first month. Write it down, on the tenth day of the month. You're to go out and choose a lamb. Now, if it's a female lamb, it won't do. It must be a male. Now, if there is a blemish, if there is a, 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 a severance of the ear, if there is a toe cut off, if there is a blemish on the wool, it won't do. It must be a lamb without blemish. Now, I'm sure Moses said, have you got it? Anybody have any questions? This is important. You've got to get this right. Because your firstborn's life. I'm sure the firstborn said, Mama, Daddy, be sure and take good notes on this. Why? His life was at stake. And so, Moses said, Now, any questions? Anybody have a question? You got it. Take a, a lamb, a male lamb, from the flock, without blemish. Have you got it? Okay, let's go to the next point. And I'm sure a holy hush settled across that building, or that, 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 that meeting. That gathering. Why? Because this was God's message and this was the hope for the firstborn to live. Moses said, now do this. Take that lamb from the flock on the tenth day of the month. You got it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Say that. Ten. Say it again. Ten. Say it again. Ten. Everybody understand that. The ninth won't do. If you get the lamb on the ninth day of the month, your child will die. The eleventh won't do. Somebody said, well, I'm sincere. No matter how sincere you are, God's got a program and a plan. You've got to obey God's plan. Moses said it must be on the tenth. It cannot be late on the ninth or early on the eleventh. It must be on the tenth. Have you got it? Now, he said, I want you to keep that lamb. God said to keep that lamb up. Observe it. Be sure that lamb is without blemish. Observe it until the fourteenth. Now on the 14th, you got it? 14th, four days after you get the lamb. On the 14th, you got it. Listen carefully. Do you have it? Any questions? On the 14th, you take that lamb and you kill it. Now he said, you take that, the blood of that lamb. You take that blood from that lamb that you killed, the lamb without blemish, the male lamb. You sprinkle that blood on the lintel and on the doorpost. Not on the threshold, but on the lintel and the doorpost. Now then, he said, on the night of the 14th, I want you to girt, to girt yourself. Put your girdle on. Get your clothes ready for a trip. Get packed. Put on your sandals. I want you to, that night, during that night, I want you to eat the lamb that you killed in the daytime. <clears throat> now he said, during the night, the death angel is going to come. The only hope you have, did you hear me? The only hope you have, did you hear me? The only hope you have, did you hear me? The only hope you have is for the blood to be applied on the lintel and on the doorpost. It doesn't matter how good you live. doesn't matter how sincere you are. doesn't matter how many churches you belong to. doesn't matter how many times you've been confirmed. Doesn't matter how many times you've confessed your sins in a telephone booth to a priest. Doesn't matter how many times you've had the sacrament. Doesn't matter how many times you've taken Holy Eucharist. Doesn't matter how many times you've been sprinkled as a baby. The only thing that matters is this. Is the blood applied on the doorpost. Amen. 
and the mental. That's all that matters. Any question? I'm sure somebody said, let's get this straight now, Moses. I love my firstborn. I do not want God to take my firstborn in death. Let's get it straight now. Let's take a lamb, a, a male lamb, a male lamb without blemish, on the tenth day of the month, pick it out from the flock, keep it four days, after four days, kill it, take the blood of that lamb, and put it on the doorpost, lentil, and the doorpost, and then eat the flesh of that lamb during the night, ready for ready to travel, with loins girt, sandals on, bags packed, ready to leave Egypt and go toward the Red Sea and on toward the Promised Land. Is that right? Moses said, you got it right. Does everybody have it right? Any questions at all? You must know the life of your firstborn depends on this. You've got to know. You've got to know. Imagine how carefully Moses must have explained it. Now you listen to me, and you listen well. For somebody down the street to have said, been preaching and said, well, that old fundamentalist Moses down street talking about a lamb and blood and doorposts and all that kind of stuff, old gory stuff. As long as you're sincere, that's all that matters. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a murderer. He's a fake. Every preacher in America or around the world who stood up this morning and said, as long as you're sincere, you'll go to heaven, is a murderer, a thief, a liar, and a fake, an imposter. There's only one way, only one way for the firstborn to be spared. And that way was the lamb, the male lamb, the male lamb without blemish, and the blood on the lintel and on the doorpost. That's all. Nothing else will do. Let me tell you, that's why I get up here and make enemies. That's why I say you folks trusting your confirmation when you were a child. That won't do it. That won't do it. That won't do it. No, no, ten thousand times no. It won't do it. Listen to me. Listen to me. If that was important, how much more important is it that when I stand before you tonight to show you the way to heaven, I in detail and carefully explain to you exactly the way so your never dying immortal soul will not burn in the fires of torment forever and ever and ever and ever. How much more important it is that you know exactly what it means to be saved. And so, imagine how carefully Moses must have explained it. But wait a minute. Imagine how carefully the people must have listened. I dare say nobody went to sleep during that talk. I dare say nobody whispered during that talk. I imagine they sat up on the edge of their seat. And they said, Moses, we've got to get it. Our lives are safe. The life of our firstborn. We've got to get it. Tell us again. What is it? What is it? And there's nothing more important for you to listen into in your entire life. And for you to listen tonight to what I'm telling you about the way that you can go to heaven when you die. Add all the things of life together that are important. Add the importance of insurance. Add the importance of a home. Add the importance of a car. Add the importance of good health. Add the importance of a healthy family. Add the importance of a good, uh, of, of, of a good strong body. Add the importance of all the necessities and all the things of life that are important. Add them all up. All of them together. Won't even be a small fraction of the importance of knowing that your never dying soul is prepared to meet God. Amen. The people must have listened intently. Carefully they listened, as Moses explained. That night they ate the lamb with their staffs and the staff in hand, sandals on their feet, their loins girt, and ready to march. 
Now can you imagine for a minute, can you imagine for a minute, how they must have felt that night when they put that little firstborn to bed? Can you see loving parents taking the little firstborn and saying, Son, come with Daddy. I want to show you something. The boy knew what was going on. Daddy, is the blood on the doorpost? You recall what the preacher said. Moses told us to put the blood on the doorpost. Is it there? And I'm satisfied that many a, many a Jewish man that night took the little boy, the firstborn, outside the house and took him out in the front yard and said, Son, look at it. And the boy said, I just wanted to be sure, Daddy. I wanted to be sure. I wanted to be sure. And the daddy looked up and said, Son, I'm sure. That's exactly what Moses said. Let me tell you this, Dad. You better be dead sure your house is under the blood, too. Can you imagine that night when that dad put that little boy to sleep? Tucked him in bed, maybe the firstborn girl or boy. Tucked him in bed, kissed him on the cheek, kissed his brow, said his now in prayers. Watched him go off to sleep. Can you imagine how the dad must have paced up and down in front of the bed and said, God, I hope I've done it right. I hope I've done it right. Oh, to come back tomorrow morning and see this little one dead in his crib. Oh, God, I've got to do it right. I've got to do it right. And that's what every Sunday school teacher and every mother and every father and every bus worker and every school teacher ought to say, I've got to do it right. I've got to do it right. Why? Because we hold in our hands the eternal souls of boys and girls. That's why I can't understand to save my life. I'll never understand it. How somebody who's been given the charge of teaching this book to boys and girls can just take off on a Sunday with no thought of, of the class and no thought of the importance of holding in your hand the eternal souls of boys and girls. God give us some diligence to the task. Important is this job. Act like it was a little second-class hamburger joint somewhere. It's not. It's God's business. It's God's eternal word spoken to God's eternal people. We've got to be careful. Can you imagine the little next morning? Dad didn't sleep any. Can you imagine how many times that night he went outside to see if somebody had washed that blood off the doorpost and the lintel? Can you imagine maybe he just walked guard out there all night? Can you imagine the parents coming in the next morning to the little child's room? The first thing they do is shake the child, feel the heartbeat, <laughs> and they say, Mama, he's not dead. It worked. The blood worked. Blood always works. Blood always works. The blood of the Lamb worked. Our child is alive. He didn't die. Hallelujah. He's still alive. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. A dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Can you imagine some things that happened the next morning? Maybe that night, maybe as the people retired for the evening, on April 14, 1492, I think it was B.C., 
They lived much, much like we live. They had family circles. They had houses, places where they lived. Can you imagine? I, I think I know what happened. I think one family said, or one father said, Now, children, don't you worry. We're good people. We're clean people. We pay our debts. We're honest. We're not wicked. We don't break the Ten Commandments. We're clean, decent, good, respectable people. Now, if we were dirty sinners, we'd have the blood applied. We don't need it. We don't need it. Right across the street, there's a dirty sinner who says to his family, we're going to apply the blood. When the death angel passed over, let me ask you a question. Did the death angel take the firstborn of the good family who did not apply the blood? Yes or no? Yes, he did. Did the death angel take the firstborn of the bad family who applied the blood? Yes or no? Then let me ask you a question. Was the, was the issue good or bad? Is there good or bad? Yes or no? No. No. I'm sure some dad said to his son, Now, son, we, 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 we know, we understand, uh, we understand these, these people are not quite as educated as we are, but we're good people. We don't do that. Listen, you don't go to heaven because you're good. You go to heaven because the blood's applied. I'm sure another family said, We are religious. We go to church every Sunday. We are faithful on Sunday night. We even teach Sunday school. We belong to the church. Have a seat, please, in the back quickly as soon as they get in. We belong to the church. We're religious people. We don't have to have a lamb. Why that gory thing? Whoever heard of taking a lamb and piercing the lamb and his blood squirting out and taking lamb blood and putting the blood on the little and the doorpost? We don't need that. We belong to the church. Now let me ask you a question. Here's a family. Somebody go outside and, and keep the folks from coming in, would you please? I want the folks to get this and I want them to get it good now. This is heaven or hell, life or death. Have a seat, folks, in a hurry. Life or death. Here's a family. Goes to church every Sunday morning and every Sunday night. Here's a family on the deacon board. Here's a lady who plays the piano in the church. Here's some children who go to youth meetings and the parties. Here's a man who's on the finance committee. Faithful, loyal church people who did not think they had to apply the blood. Right across the street is a family whose feet had never walked inside a church building. Right across the street is a family who had never heard a choir sing. Right across the street is a family who had never heard a sermon. Right across the street is a family who had never given one thin dime to a church. Not one dime to a church. But they took a lamb. Are you listening? They took a lamb and they took that blood of that lamb and smoked the blood on the lintel and on the doorpost. May I ask you a question? When the death angel came by the church people's house... Did he or did he not take the firstborn? Yes, he did. When he came by, those folks that never walked inside the door of a church or given one thin dime to the church budget, but then applied the blood. Did he take the firstborn? No, he didn't. The difference is not going to church. The difference is not a good life. The difference is not holding out faithful. The difference is not being a deacon. The difference is not getting baptized. The difference is not taking communion. The difference is the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow 
That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The blood on the doorpost and on the lintel is what did it. I'm sure that there was a family there somewhere in Egypt that said, We'll not do that. That's old fogey. That's old-fashioned. We'll turn over a new leaf. We'll promise to do that, live better. We'll promise to quit drinking and quit lying and quit immorality and quit stealing and quit cheating. We'll promise to be honest and good and faithful and truthful people. But no blood. Across the street there was some poor fellow who fell on his face and said, Oh God, I am not much, but I can kill a lamb. And I can take the blood of that lamb and put it on the doorpost. I can do that. And this poor, dirty, undeserving sinner across the street put the blood on the lintel and the doorpost. The death angel passed over. His family was spared. Whereas the new leafers had the firstborn killed. Here's a family that called the priest. And they died. And one that just put on the blood and they lived. I'm sure some families laughed and made fun. I can picture a little girl coming home from playing out in, out in the street or out in the lot next door saying, Daddy, Daddy, do you know what they're doing across the street? What's that, sweetheart? <laughs> said, said, little Susie's daddy, is, he killed a lamb today. He just had it up for four days. He killed a lamb today. And, and he did the funniest thing. He took a... He took uh, the blood of that lamb and put it on the doorpost, and the lintel on the doorpost. And Daddy, Susie told me that God had said that a death angel was going to pass over. And Daddy, you know I'm the oldest child. Daddy, you reckon we ought to put blood on our doorpost and lintel? Oh, no, sweetheart. No. I've been to the University of Egypt. <laughs> I have a Ph.D. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I know old Hiles, old Moses Hiles. I know him. Yeah, yeah, he's a cocky kind of a fella. He thinks he's the only one. No, he's not the only one. God's the only one. And yeah, I know him. Yeah, I know what they do. They're all they do. Uh, they go up and down the streets doing nothing but saying, put the blood, put the blood, put the blood. I've seen them in shopping centers. Put the blood, put the blood, put the blood, put the blood. I'll tell you what, they passed the city ordinance against that kind of stuff, but they go ahead and do it anyhow. I mean, they're in trouble. Oh, let me ask you a question. Don't you think that everybody who cared about his neighbor and cared about his race and cared about his family went up and down the street saying, don't forget the blood? Don't forget the blood. Don't forget the blood. Don't forget the blood. Let me tell you something, brother. A church that won't pass out tracks on the street. A church that won't go out and guess little bus kids. A church that won't witness from the house from the housetops and all street corners and shopping centers is not right with God, and they're not taking seriously God's divine eternal message of salvation. Can't you see them as they spread themselves up and down the highways and hedges? On the streets and lanes and to the halt, the poor, the maimed, the blind, the deaf. All of the people must find out. Apply the blood. Apply the blood. Apply the blood. One of these days, the death angel is going to come by your place. One of these days, on God's appointed day, the trumpet of God is going to sound. Or death is going to come your way. And that death angel is going to pass by. Now, you listen to me. You can join the First Baptist Church of Hammond, walk across the street and join the so-called All Saints. 
go on down the street and join the first Christian, go across the bridge and join the first Nazarene, go on across the north side of town and join the first Baptist, go down Holman Street and join the first Methodist, go on down and join the Christian Science, go on down and join the Jewish synagogue. You can join them all, any or all. But if you have never come to Jesus Christ and been born again and had the blood applied to your sinful heart, you're going to hell as straight as an arrow is going to go to its mark. And when the death angel passes by you someday, you're going to find yourself condemned and damned to die in eternal torment forever and ever and ever. Why? Because you didn't come God's way. That's why. The blood way. The blood way. The blood way. The blood way. But you say, I belong to the church. That didn't matter that day and it don't matter today. But you say, I didn't get baptized. That didn't matter then. It won't matter now. But you say, I tell you, I live a good life. That didn't get you to heaven then. It won't get you to heaven now. The answer, the blood on the doorpost of the heart. And you've come to Jesus Christ and said, Jesus, I take the Lamb of God, Jesus, my Savior, God's Lamb, the eternal Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. The Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. I take Him as my Savior. Dear Holy Spirit of God, apply the blood to my heart. The moment you do that in believing faith and believe that God will take you to heaven because of your faith in Christ, God makes you a new creature, writes your name in heaven, saves you from your sins, and puts the blood of His own dear Son on the doorpost and lintels of your heart. And someday when the death angel passes over, you will not have to die and go to hell. Why? Because the blood's applied. That's why. Well, yes, that's not what my preacher says. Then he's an imposter and a fake and a false prophet. I was out in California this week. Preached at Central Baptist Church of Pomona Valley, California, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Bill Harvey and Dr. John Rice were there. Bill Harvey has not been to Southern California much, if ever. <clears throat> Out in Los Angeles, the owner of a big restaurant. Bill Harvey's friend of a lifetime, the best friend he has in the world, lives. Bill hadn't seen him in 30 years. 30 years. Everybody knows how you want to see the old people you haven't seen for 30 years. And Bill got to town at the airport. Before he left the airport... He picked up the telephone, dialed his best friend. Peter is his name. I forget his last name. Peter wasn't at home. Bill almost didn't call back, but he thought he'd try one more time, and Peter was at home. You, 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 you know how. Best friend of years, many years. And, uh, and then, Bill! Peter! Bill! Peter! Bill! And you, oh, you look just like you always did. Big liar. Boy, it's good to see you. Bill! Peter! Put her there! <clears throat> Bill told me. <clears throat> he told me about it calling his friend. Bill said, Brother Jack, Peter is the cleanest man I ever knew. When he was in high school, and all of his life, he has been the cleanest man I know in the world. He wouldn't do anything immoral. Not only would he not curse, he wouldn't even use slang. Peter is the cleanest man I know. That's the last I... We talked about it Tuesday morning, <coughs> going to the service. I forgot about it. Tuesday night after the service. Tuesday night I preached first. 
When I finished preaching, before I got back to the book table in the back of the auditorium, the 12th chapter of Exodus was burning me up. I don't know why. It's burning me up. I literally ran to the pastor's study and read every word of this Passover story. I didn't know why. And nothing like that's ever happened to me. I didn't know why. I didn't know Peter was in the service, but he was. I didn't even know he was there. I didn't know what he looked like. Would never, never met, didn't intend to meet him. Didn't think I'd ever meet him. But for some reason unknown to me, the 12th chapter of Exodus, the Passover lamb, burning me up. I ran to the office and read the entire 12th chapter, and over again I read it. I went out to the service. Dr. John Rice was preaching. I found myself, while he was preaching, thinking about the Passover. I still didn't know Peter was in the service. I didn't know why. I did not know why. All of a sudden, the 12th chapter of Exodus was burning me up. Dr. Rice finished preaching. I had almost memorized the chapter. I had read it and reread it and read it and reread it, and it was eating me up. Walked out to the book table. Bill Harvey walked up and said, Brother Jack, I want you to meet the best friend I've got in the world. Peter is a Greek fellow. All Greek fellows run restaurants, and Peter owns a restaurant downtown Los Angeles. said, Peter, I want you to meet Dr. Jack Hiles. I said, Peter, I'm glad to see you. He said, you know... From a distance, I wonder which one is Bill. I hadn't seen Bill in 30 years. It didn't, didn't see him until the service was started. I walked in and said, I looked up on the platform and looked at you and said, that's Bill. And I said, man, you, you can't get a good-looking guy like me mixed up with an ugly rascal like him. And he laughed. We chatted for a while. I said, Peter, are you saved? Oh, he said, sure. I'm a chanter in the Greek Orthodox Church. On the board, I'm a chanter. Sure. I said, Peter, do you know if you died tonight you'd go to heaven? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I said, Peter, have you been born again? He said, been what? I said, Peter, God is telling me I've got to talk to you a minute. Come to the pastor's study. And rather rudely, we left Bill Harvey standing there alone in the vestibule. And Peter and I went to the pastor's study. And I said, Peter, and now I knew why the 12th chapter of Exodus had been burning me up. I said, Peter, I won't tell you a story. I told him the same story I've told you tonight. And I said, Peter, in Egypt, in Cairo one night, that night, a fellow said, I don't need the blood because I'm the cleanest man in all of Egypt. I'm not immoral. I don't curse or even use slang. I am the cleanest man in Egypt. And I said right across the street, Peter, there was a poor, dirty sinner, the dirtiest man in Egypt. And I said the cleanest man didn't put the blood on the doorpost, and the dirtiest man did put the blood on the doorpost. I said, Peter, which man lived? And like a light, Flashing in a dark room, Peter jumped and said, Oh, the good man died and the bad man lived. And I said, That's true. And I said, The Lamb of God died for you 2,000 years ago. No matter how good you are, if the blood's not applied, you're going to die. And Peter said, How can I apply the blood? And I told him the wonderful story of Christ.
He bowed his head and received him. And then I, I, I said, uh, thank you, Peter. He walked out the door. I, I opened the door about that much and I saw Peter almost run to Bill. And this restaurant owner, 52 years of age, said, hey, Bill, Bill, I just found out something. I found out being good is not enough. I found out being good is not enough. I just got the blood applied to my heart, Bill. I just got born again. And Bill Harvey is an old Salvation Army fellow anyhow. And he turned loose. You never saw a happier time in your life. One fellow said, isn't that Peter owns a restaurant downtown Los Angeles where I eat? And I said, yeah. He said, oh, Peter gets saved. And I said, yeah. He left me like I was a hot potato and ran over to Peter. But if I, I've never seen Bill so happy. I've never seen him so happy. I wish every person in America could learn what Peter learned that night. That's the difference. That's the difference. Let me ask you a question. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? I'm talking tonight. Some folks are visiting in the service. You're good members of a church somewhere, but that won't keep the death angel out of your house. I'm talking to somebody tonight that's a member of this church. Maybe you've been a member for years. That will not keep the death angel out of your house. I'm talking to somebody who's been baptized in this baptistry and takes pride. Or you were confirmed some Easter Sunday in some church or uh, confirmation service and you take pride. That will not keep the death angel out of your house. You say, preacher, tell me how. I'll tell you if you'll listen carefully. You take a lamb. Are you listening? You take a lamb. Are you listening? You take a lamb. It's got to be a male lamb. That takes away Amy Simple McPherson and Mary Baker Eddie Patterson Glover. That takes away... What's her name? The healing gal. Catherine Kuhlman. A fellow wrote me a letter just the other day and said, Dr. Howes, I don't feel worried about this country as long as you and Oral Roberts and Catherine Kuhlman are still preaching. <clears throat> it must be a male. A male. That takes away the Virgin Mary. Must be a male. Are you listening? What do you do? Take a lamb. It's got to be a male. Now then, we have every man that's ever lived in the country is, is qualified so far. Third thing, it's got to be without blemish. Oh, that can't be me. I'm sinful. That can't be these men on the platform. They're not without blemish. That can't be the priest. He's not without blemish. That can't be the Pope in Rome. He's not without blemish. There has been only one male ever living on the face of this earth without blemish. And that was the one about whom John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. All right, you've got to get a lamb. 
a male without blemish. That narrows it down to Jesus. He alone was without blemish. Hold it. We're not through yet. That's not enough. You've got to get a lamb, a male lamb, a male lamb without blemish. That's down to Jesus. Now then, you've got to kill him. And I believe Jesus died on the 14th day of the first month on the Passover. You've got to kill him. You've already done that. You helped me do it 2,000 years ago. Are you listening? How can you have the blood applied to your heart? Get a lamb. A male lamb. Male lamb without blemish. Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! Then what else? You've got to take the blood of that lamb and have it applied to the lentils and the doorpost. How do you do it? By faith. By faith. Whenever you say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve to go to hell. I know that you shed your blood on the cross to save my sins. And I trust you and your blood to wash my sins away and take me to heaven. The Holy Spirit of God comes and takes heaven's hyssop and dips it in the blood of the Lamb and sprinkles it on the lintel and on the doorpost. And if you drop dead tonight on the way home from church, or if you have a head-on collision with a couple of drunks and you go out into eternity, or if you have a heart attack before you go to bed tonight or, or, or die during the night in your sleep, the death angel will pass over. Say, I see the blood, and I'll pass over you. Is the blood applied to your heart tonight? Would you bow your heads for prayer, please? <coughs> our heads are bowed in prayer and our eyes are closed. I want to ask you one question tonight. Is the blood applied? Is the blood applied? Be as careful tonight as those Jews were that night. Be as intent tonight as those Jews were that night. Is the blood applied? Have you been born again? Can you look back and see a time in your life where the blood was applied? Can you? How many can say tonight with heads bowed, Brother Hiles, if the death angel passed over me tonight and looked at my heart, he'd see the blood applied to the doorpost and the lintels of my heart. The blood has been applied. I've met God's condition. And I'm ready for the death angel. He'd pass over me, and I know it because I'm saved. And I know I'm saved. I'm not trusting the church. I'm not trusting my goodness. I'm not trusting my righteousness. I'm trusting the blood of Christ. I know I'm born again. Would you lift your hand, please? Keep it up. If your hand is down tonight, you're a fool to stay in the condition you find yourself in tonight. I beg you in God's dear name, get the blood applied. Get the blood applied. You can put your hands down. Now, you've been honest. You've been honest enough not to raise your hand, and I appreciate it. You've been honest enough tonight not to lift your hand, and I admire you for it. Would you be that honest again? Would you say tonight, Brother Hiles, I could not raise my hand because I do not know I'm born again and the blood's been applied. I'll confess it. 
I may be a church member or not. I may have been baptized or not. I may have taken the sacraments or communion or not. But I do not know, girls, I do not know if the blood's applied. Pray for me. I want to know I'm born again. Now face it, face it, face it, face it, face it, face it, face it. Your never dying soul hangs in the balance. Fella, you better face this thing. If you ever hear the heard the gospel in your life, you heard it tonight. If there ever was a, a, a simple explanation of how to go to heaven, you heard it tonight. In God's name, shake yourself for one time in your life and face the fact that you're a dying man. I wonder how many would say, Brother Hiles, I do not know I'm ready for the death angel, but I want to know it, and I'm going to admit I don't know. Pray for me. Pray for me that I may know. First on the main floor, would you lift your hand and say with the uplifted hand, pray for me. God bless you on the back row. God bless the little girl here. Who else on the main floor? You'd say, pray for me. I'm talking to members of this church. I'm talking to my deacons. Who else would say, pray for me? God bless you back in the back. I'm talking to Sunday school teachers. I'm talking to deacons. I'm talking to staff members. I'm talking to every member, man and woman, boy and girl in this church. Do you know? Do you know? Who else would say, Brother Hiles, I don't know, but I wish I did. Pray for me. Lift your hand, please, on the main floor. Who else on the main floor? Lift your hand way up high. Face it, face it, face it, face it. Raise your hand, please. Way up high. Raise your hand. On the main floor. You don't know that you're born again, but you wish you did. Lift your hand, please. On the main floor. On the main floor. Who else? The balcony on my left. I want you to face this matter. Or you say, do you know you're going to heaven? Or you're born again? <clears throat> you say, I don't know it, but I wish you did. Pray for me. Lift your hand, please. The balcony on my left. The east balcony. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Who else? East balcony. Raise your hand and say, pray for me. I want to settle this matter tonight. Lift your hand, please. Church member or not, baptized or not, preacher or not, deacon or not, Sunday school worker or not, are you born again? Lift your hand for prayer. In the center balcony, you'd say, include me in the prayer. I want to get it settled. I want to know. I want to know. I'm tired of doubting and hoping and wishing. I want to know. Pray for me. Lift your hand, please, in the center balcony. In the center balcony. Who else? Quickly. The balcony on my right, the south balcony. You'd say, include me in this prayer. Would you lift your hand, please? Quietly, would you lift it? You don't know that you're saved, but you wish you did. Would you lift your hand, please? Now, with every eye closed, how many will say tonight, Brother Hiles, I know I'm saved, but there's someone in this room tonight that I'm concerned about. I don't believe he's saved or she's saved. Would you join me in prayer for someone in this room tonight without God and without the blood? Lift your hand, please, and I'll pray with you. Someone in this room tonight? Yes, yes, there are many. God bless you. Our Heavenly Father, there are folks tonight in this room who would go to hell if Jesus came tonight. There are folks tonight in this room who would go to hell if they were in a car wreck and fatally injured tonight. I pray that you would shake them. May the Holy Spirit of God reach out and convict them. And may they say yes to God tonight. Tonight. Our heads are bowed. Two invitations. One is this.
if you have not been urgent about your task. If you have not been urgent about your task of getting this message of life unto life and death unto death out. Maybe you ought to come to the altar and ask God to forgive you because of your negligence as a Sunday school teacher. Or your negligence as a soul winner. Or your negligence as a superintendent. Or your negligence as a deacon. Or whatever job you have. You ought to come and say, dear God, this is life unto life and death unto death. I want you to forgive me for my negligence. But then there are those of you that raised your hand and some who did not, are not ready to meet God. I beg you on the first stanza, leave your seat and come to the nearest aisle. You come down the aisle to the front, back in the back, and over here on the right, and up in the balcony, and all over the house. You come to the nearest aisle, down the aisle to the front. And let me know tonight that you are getting the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, applied to your heart by faith. If you're here and not baptized, you come for baptism. If you're here to join the church, you come by transfer of membership. But if you're here tonight and you do not know the blood supplied, you come receiving the Lamb of God, the only male without blemish that's ever lived, who died that his blood not be sprinkled on the doorpost of our hearts. You come tonight. You come tonight. Father, make it so. Amen. Shall we? Thank you for listening, and if you like this please subscribe and consider liking my Facebook page and joining my group Jesus Answers Prayer.